Hello and welcome. This is Alex and this is the Alex MacPhail podcast, a show all about learning, about celebrating success from the team front. We chat to astronauts and race pilots, entrepreneurs, billionaires, authors, singers, artists, adventurers and more. It's about understanding the team dynamics and making a team work well to achieve great things, learning from failures and setbacks and the endurance required to get through some of these tough events too. Please enjoy it, share it with a friend and remember to subscribe. Uh, t- today is an interesting episode for me because uh, b- because I've been following our, our guest on LinkedIn for quite some time, and and have been an admirer from afar. And and so I'm going to let him introduce himself uh, short, uh, very shortly. But uh, but just to welcome Alex McFell. Thanks so much for joining us, Alex. Uh, thank you, Warren. It's a, a privilege and a pleasure to be on the show with you. I look forward to our conversation. So, so the reason that, uh, that that I've been following you from afar is you you, uh, you kind of caught my attention when you were flying uh, massive big airplanes and, and and you know moving hundreds of people around very safely, and and all of a sudden I, I realized that uh, that you you weren't just a pilot. If if and, and that's not to dismiss pilots, that just means you have lots of uh, lots of arrows in your quiver, uh, and and you know you were talking about high performance teams, and 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 then I realized that uh, actually you you do quite a bit on on social media, especially LinkedIn around interviewing other people and and then we had this uh this devastation to 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 saa and i and i just thought you know this is a man we need to speak to because you you have so many uh uh, kind of different aspects to you firstly but also the way you've managed to pivot yourself and your career that uh that that i thought you know the, the people listening to this would really benefit from 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 hearing about your story and and especially, I mean, I find you inspirational, and I, and there are not many people I do find inspirational. Uh, I think it's usually quite artificial, uh, and so I thought that that you might be help your your story might help a lot of people out there that are that are going through a bit of a, a, a tough time themselves. So uh, so that's the background for for people that are listening. But but, but Alex, I'd, I'd love it if you could just tell us a little bit about your about yourself, and uh, and and then let's go from there. Okay, well, I'll start from the beginning of the professional journey. So. Uh, Finishing school, I applied to the Air Force and I was selected, which was a, a great privilege to learn to fly in the Air Force. I spent 10 years in the Air Force, ending up as a flying instructor and flying in formation aerobatic team in the Silver Falcons for the last few years. And I had a very fortunate transition from the Air Force after 10 years to straight into South African Airways and uh, had a 12-year journey with them along the way, you know, starting at the bottom as a, what they call a boy pilot, your in-flight relief, and moving on to uh, a co-pilot on the domestic flying and then a, a co-pilot on the international flying, which is where I started sharing my journey. Uh, as a flying instructor, and I also gave uh, lessons in safety, etc., to the um, the pilots at South African Airways and in different training organizations around the country, so I was in. I was quite involved in, in sort of being in a classroom setting and teaching, and I, I've been doing that for about fifteen years. You know, dedicated at one point, and then it was a bit more ad hoc. You know, once or twice a month over the last ten or so, and I really enjoyed that that approach. And it was funny. I had a, a conversation with John Vlismus a few uh, months ago on my show, uh, talking about his journey, and he spent twenty years on the stage as a comedian, doing very well and winning several awards internationally and local. And uh, and he's transitioned to to the classroom, and now he's on the you know he's at in the pulpit or the, the the lectern giving lectures to people. So his transition has gone almost from one extreme to the other. And mine, I see, having gone from the classroom, I'm now more on the stage. So it, it was just a, a funny connection with John on on that respect. But I've always enjoyed being in front of the the class. I've enjoyed. Um, perhaps the performance of the class. You know, obviously you have to have your subject matter there. You know, your know your work so that you're presenting it, presenting real good information. 
but also the performance of it, making sure that the class are engaged and making sure that what you're delivering, people want to hear and, and walk away at least remembering one or two things about the day. So with that process and the, the advent in the last couple of years of, um, of social media being a bit more of a prominent platform for people who are able to share more of themselves, I took it upon myself to, to get stuck in on, and LinkedIn was the place I started. And because I got a bit of traction and energy there, I just carried on and uh, used that as a, another aspect of performance. You know, how can I share a, share a story which is uh, both educational but also interesting and uh, tied together that people want to see it and want to read it. And, and that brought about the back and forth of people saying, well, that's interesting. What about this? So as an example, I would you know, put a photo of, uh, of the cockpit of the Airbus uh, flying to um, South America, to Sao Paulo, and you can see it's a daytime flight. And then we'll discuss something about, you know, the fuel planning. When you fly a twin-engine airplane across a vast ocean and there's nowhere to land, you can't just fly straight. You have to fly within a certain number of minutes of an airport. So I discussed the very basic version of that, and people were interested. And then they would ask more questions. Okay, well, so tell me about how that differs with the four-engine. Or I'll discuss hydraulics, and then they'll say, that's interesting, and how does that relate to the landing gear? So just this process of of performance being in front of a classroom or an audience and sharing good information in an interesting way that will engage with people. And when they do engage, it allows them to ask their question and I can dig a bit deeper in my, my knowledge set and share some information on, on those particular topics. So that's really how it evolved from there. And uh, I know this is a bit of a, a long introduction, but then if you fast forward a couple of years of doing this, you build up a bit of a following. and. Um, you're right, it's culminated in a, a bit of a devastation with South African Airways and a lot of people losing their jobs. But I was very fortunate to have created some level of, of following, of, uh, of support, of uh, you know, sharing the story. It was all the sort of behind the scenes, what goes on in the day in the life of an airline pilot, but also transitioning that into, well, this is a, a high-risk complex industry and therefore we're operating as a high-performance team. And what are the makeups of high-performance teams? And that transitioned into, well, let's talk, talk to other high-performing individuals and teams and see what are the common traits. And, and so that's where I find myself today, um, hosting a show about high-performance teams and, uh, and trying something new on the back of a, devastation, a devastating loss of, of, a, of a great job. Now, you know, the world is wide open again and, and looking for new possibilities. So, so just uh, for, for people that, lo- that would like to, to listen to the podcast, what, what is it called? So I'm on LinkedIn every week. It's LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. It's High Performance Teams, and if you just follow me on LinkedIn, Alex MacPhail, you'll uh, you'll you'll get all the references there. I still need to create it more on a, on an audio basis, but on the on the video side, it's on LinkedIn and YouTube. If you look up my name and High Performance Teams, you'll see it there. And and so what was interesting, Alex, watching this was you know a lot of South Africans who you don't know much about airlines and don't know much, especially about SAA. You know, you know, they were really angry with what was going on at state-owned enterprises and, you know, and SAA kind of, I don't know how, you know, given the scale of what happened at ESCOM, but SAA kind of became the poster child for, for what, what people perceived to be wrong about, about state-owned enterprises. And, and you know, you know I've, I've met a few of the, the pilots and, and, you know, there's obviously a very different story from inside the organization about the committed staff and the committed, uh, you know, teams within the business and, and potentially how, you know, they were doing everything they could to deliver and, and what was happening and what was going wrong was way above them 
Uh, and and so I don't really want to rehash that because it's 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 upsetting I think for for both for you and and for the, the, the you know your your colleagues uh, I guess now ex colleagues but 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 at the same time what what it taught me was there 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 is a completely different side to to SAN and, and a level of expertise you know global expertise that I think we we often just didn't understand as as outsiders. Uh, and and so that for me, you know, watching you over time, that that gave me a real insight into into that side of it, the human side of of SA. It wasn't just a numbers of staff, you know. It was about uh, it was something else. Uh, and, and so so that was really interesting uh, to to understand. And and I think for me, it taught me a lot. And but but then all of a sudden, I saw you do a video, which which was you in a. Um, in a car, you know, kind of at the boot of your car, and 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 all of a sudden you're moving stuff, and and that just caught me, uh, or, or, uh, you know, to say, well, hang on, what's going on here? And, and obviously you were pivoting in, in a time when your when your career was on hold, and and, and I'd love for you to just t t tell us a bit about that. Okay, sure, thanks. Well, and I want to just echo the the human side, which has really been the the thrust of, of my content that I've been sharing. So the human side, both what I'm busy doing, what a typical airline pilot does, but also I picked out certain people along the way who I thought unsung heroes needed to be celebrated. So so over the years, the last sort of two, two and a bit years of my posts on LinkedIn, which specifically celebrates the SAA people, you will find people that you would not ordinarily hear about, but they do great jobs. And, and if you want to have a look around those, some of those articles, that's still available. But yes, the so delivering... Delivering goods. Remember the lockdown and the alcohol was banned. Well, the wine, the wine industry made a plan to, to just be a sustainable business and good for them. They, they made sales, they put, slashed the prices, got people to buy, knowing that they couldn't deliver the product, but that at least money was coming in, albeit at a discounted rate. But as soon as that um, alcohol ban was lifted and they were able to deliver, obviously this was a big strain on the courier businesses and the, the courier businesses were now suddenly running at uh, 12x capacity with all this backlog of wine, specifically wine deliveries. And, um, and they found themselves a bit caught off guard, rightly so, to get your whole year's supply to be delivered within a week or two is no mean feat. Now, to, in order to, to expedite that, it just so happens that my neighbor is a, runs a courier business and they substantial size, and they, have, um, they started stockpiling wine in their garage to, to deliver themselves. And, you know, my wife and I were having coffee with a neighbor one day and they said, no, no, they're busy delivering wine. And, and Sandra said, well, well, you know, why don't you, why don't you deliver wine? Speaking to the neighbor saying that I could deliver it. So yeah, cool. Are you available? So, uh, you know, I don't have a very big car, I've got a little hatchback Yaris, but I took the load I could take. I think I had 38 boxes on that first day. Yeah. And once again, it, it was a case of um, because I'm, I've been busy on LinkedIn, I thought, I'd, let me just record this and say, look, sometimes when the going gets tough, you gotta, you got to you know, pull up your sleeves and get dirty and, and get going. So that was it. My day was delivering wine. And, and very soon, a couple of my close friends had heard about this in a similar position. And they said, hey, can I also deliver wine? So sure. Uh, managed to help out three or four people to also deliver wine. Again, you know, this is not a from flying airplanes to delivering wine as a courier business, it's, it's not very financially rewarding, but it's a start. It's something. You know, you get busy, you were sitting on the couch, and now you're doing something. And by the third day, people asking about jobs, I realized, well, you know, they've had more than 10 people asking me for a job here. I think there's an opportunity, and, and the market's speaking, so let's answer. So I formalized, I formalized the very loose use of the term, uh, you know, set up an email address, made it very simple, put a, a bit more of a, a formal post on saying drivers wanted on LinkedIn and, um, and people started reaching out and I got hundreds of requests and very soon we had, I think it was 15 drivers running by the next week. So 
from delivering wine on day one and having three friends deliver with me on day two, by day three I had a business. And um, no longer delivering wine, but now managing 15 drivers. Now, it, it can get complex, particularly because you don't know anything about the industry and, uh, you know, this is something new, but now you, you're learning as you go too. You're learning about managing people, learning about timeframes, learning about all sorts of different things, but it was the start. And because we, we showed initiative so quickly to get more people involved, you know, initially just helping the neighbor myself, now I can bring 15 people to help. They saw, well, okay, um, we actually need some people in the warehouse to sort these wines so that we can deliver them quicker. Have you got some general workers? So again, I put a call out and people reached out and the next thing we had 25 people working in the warehouse. So this thing, within a matter of weeks, we had a whole bunch of people working in the warehouse and delivering wines, and uh, and slowly they got on top of the wine delivery, and then that became, you know, it was a hiccup, a road bump, a bump in the road, and they moved on. And so that, the numbers thinned out once again, and they didn't need any more drivers, but but there was a certain crowd of people that needed to stay in the warehouse to continue to just, with this bulked up, uh, all things courier were, was on the increase, people were sh- online shopping a lot, not just for wine. And then they needed a clock to help out on a, at the one depot. And then they needed some Code 10 truck driver. So again, using the market speaking, let's answer, how can we help? So put out a call. So at times it's been up to 30 people working in the warehouse. At times it drops down to about six or seven. But that's been going since that first lockdown of wine was released. And uh, they started delivering wine. And you know, one thing led to the next. But essentially, when, when somebody's knocking on your door, you must answer. And you know, for me, that's the, you know, it's so easy as a financial planner to tell people that you need to, you know, financially plan for a, for a disaster. We, we don't know what it'll be, but it, it, it might happen. Uh, and, and, you know, and then to say to, to people, you know, try and think of a plan, try and make a plan. And, and here we've got a, you know, I mean, you are the real life example of someone, you know, that got hit, you know, 17 different ways in one shot. And, and I think a lot of people would have found it easier just to roll over and, and kind of just curl up on their couch and do nothing and, and feel sorry for themselves. And, and that, that's fascinating for me, you know, that, that, that's the example. I mean, you, you know, you're providing a brilliant real life example now. It's not, it's not a story that we're telling about something that happened a decade ago. You're, you're in it right now, adapting to, to, to something that for a lot of people would be, you know, not life ending, but, but, but a dramatic kind of stop in, in every kind of plan. And, and you know, the, the way that you've managed to change direction and keep going, uh, you know, I, I would I'd encourage people just to take heart from that. You know, there's, you know, you, there's no skill required from being a pilot to, to running a career business. It's not like you could transfer, you know, your 15 sets of accounting skills and suddenly become an accountant. This was completely new and you know, you might have had some, you know, skills that you didn't realize could adapt, but, but, you know, that's the, for me, that was the message that I'd love people to take from this is, you know, there's, there, there is always hope, you know, there is, there's always an ability to do something. And as you said a few times now, you know, the market was speaking, and I think that's the thing for, for, for people to take out of this is, you know, you can't be mentally closed to an opportunity, you know, the, the opportunity will be there. Uh, just keep your eyes and ears open. And, you know, having a, you know, having a coffee with your neighbor becomes a business. Uh, and, and and I think uh, you know I don't want to I don't want to draw you away from that, but I, but I also would love for people to kind of understand wh- how you went into uh, to talking to others about LinkedIn. And, and I mean I think you, you were telling me about a post that that got I can't remember the views, but but I mean you've got you know a following that uh, that, that many so-called influencers would be really envious of, and, and so you've you've developed a, a different kind of a, a, a business around LinkedIn as well. Yeah, well, thanks, Warren. Just want to go onto the before we step onto that the skills you mentioned adapting skills. I think that's really one of the hard parts is that we all have skills, but how do you name them or package them in such a way that the person you're trying to sell them to 
can relate. And I, and I think, you know, what I did here with this business, firstly, is that uh, there's a bit of being stuck in the corner. There's a bit of desperation, very loose use of the term desperation, got to do something. And at the same time, the market speaking, got to answer. Well, I always say, let's just start and do a course correction as we go. You know, just get, get, just get going, just start, just, you know, figure it out as you go. You're going to make mistakes, but learn fast and correct. But how, how does a person then use the skills they already have in such a way that people can buy into those skills? And, you know, let's talk about aircrew. People have reached out to me and said, look, people ask me, what are my skills? And I say, well, look, I'm a pilot. I fly planes. But it, it's too broad. You need to just break it down into what are the nuts and bolts of flying a plane? Well, there's planning, there's communication, there's uh, decision making, there's workload management, there's uh, understanding weather, understanding technical anomalies. You've got a lot of skills, but if you break it down into a bit more bite-sized chunks, a bit like eating an elephant, you know, you, you don't just eat an elephant, you, you start, start small and, and build. So that really is something that's it's very important. And everybody has these skills, but you need to take a moment to just identify what things you think you do well and how would you break it down into the smallest common denominator in order for someone else to understand? It reminds me of my training as a, as a flying instructor. They always said, take people from the known to the unknown. So you're busy selling your unknown skills. Break it down into smaller uh, sections so people know what it is. I manage time well. We get airborne on time every time. We land on time every time. I'm very good at time management. I work with people. I manage teams and time well. I'm very good at workflow management and, and workload management, and I can operate well in a team, and therefore I communicate well. Those are very easy, understandable aspects that, that any business can, can relate to and buy into. Um, but then you mentioned then to go into LinkedIn. So the, the following on LinkedIn has really been on the back of just being regular. And, you know, it's a, it's a computer, it's a formula. If you understand what LinkedIn, the computer, is looking for, and you kind of work towards those strengths of, of what it wants and play within that zone, then you've got a better chance. So yes, some of the following, if you look over the last 12 months or so, the cumulative following is somewhere in around a million views. Some of them have hit over three or four, hit over 300,000 on their own. And, uh, and that's really just a principle of following the, the formula, the methodology of what LinkedIn's looking for, have a nice captivating picture, have a post which grabs people's attention, uh, the, the first couple of lines, and, uh, but put something meaningful. The, the bottom line is if, if, you, if you're spamming people, they're not going to follow you. If you put something meaningful that they can relate, then let them relate. And if they reach out to you and ask questions or like your work, engage once again. So this is a two-way thing. You know, people write a comment on my post, I will engage with you. You know, everyone is available to, you know, anyone can reach out and send me a message. I generally respond to everyone. That helps the, the algorithm once more. It helps the, the target. You know, if you'll know for yourself, if you send me a message and I reply, or if I put a post out and you make a comment and I respond to your comment, you feel good about that. So it's not only for me, it's not only for you, but it's also for the, the algorithm too. And it, and it helps your following there as well. And, and now people are approaching you to say, can you help me with my LinkedIn? Yeah, so I, I did as a trial, you know, this thing about firing bullets, you know, try a few things and uh, before you fire cannons, fire bullets and just see what lot lands well, what works well. And I, I did a couple of training courses over a couple of weeks helping people with their LinkedIn profile and it's shown results. People have what, the stuff we fiddle around on their profile for, a, for an hour or so. Uh, I've engaged with their posts over the next few weeks and they've shown thousands and thousands of percent increase on the number of views and the sort of uh, the visibility of their profile. And that, that then allows you to be a bit more marketable. People can see you, people can reach out, you know, and to, to follow on, 
So the courier business was up and running and we've been going for about two or three months. And again, because it's my neighbor, they know I'm busy on LinkedIn. They said, well, you know, we actually want to issue some kind of an apology here to our staff, our customers to say, look, we did drop the ball on this. We, we, your orders took long. We delivered the wrong wine. Really sorry. We've said sorry so many times. We need to say sorry in a different way. So I said, okay, well, let me make a little video. So we made a little video and celebrated the story of, of how we, we rallied together people from all walks of life. We had, uh, we had aircraft technicians. We had mobile network engineers. We had accountants. We had you know, all sorts of people all delivering wine, carrying packing boxes just to get the wine through. And we made this little story and we said, look, we're sorry to mess you around, but this is what we tried to do to fix it. And we hope that you stay with us as a customer. Well, that little video, again, then it reached enough people that they thought, well, that's an interesting message. I also want that message for my uh, customers. And a few people reached out to me on the back of that. And one of those has become another business, too. Now I have another team that's working at, in the telecoms game based on that video. So, again, when the market speaks to you, you know, take those opportunities and just listen a little bit. Find out what they're actually trying to trying to solve, and and if you can solve it for them, then give it a go. So now we have a team of thirty five people working in telecoms as well. Uh, I want to ch- change uh, change course. Um, I don't want to use too many pilot analogies here, but uh, change course a bit on the conversation. <laughs> uh, when when you started to see more and more sort of trouble on the horizon as a you know as an SAA pilot, uh, did, did you kind of make any adaptions financially to what how you were looking after yourself and your family? And you know, did did you look at that and say, I need to do something here, or you know, were you already kind of prepared for something like that? Well. Uh, I would like to give you the the nice answer. You know, speaking to a financial advisor, I was all very. But the, the, the facts are no. I, I wasn't very well prepared financially. It was a it was a major devastation for me and my family. I hadn't been very prudent with uh, the way we'd lived, and although all the writing was on the wall and the the signs were there, um, I didn't really believe that I'd be retrenched. I didn't believe that this airline would take so much strain as it has done now. I mean, time will tell how this thing plays out. But at the moment, I'm gone. I didn't believe I'd be gone by now in, in, in the way it happened. But what I did do was I'd always done over and above training. I'd been involved in, in sort of these kind of posts, which, which generated small little projects along the way. I gave lectures, etc., And I started getting into motivational speaking. And that's, this is just over a year old now. And so that was a bit of sideline income, which looked like it could be something. I was really, again, being on stage. I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed doing motivational speaking. I enjoyed engaging with people. And it was starting to gather a bit of steam. But as you will notice, by March, no more public gatherings, all those bookings dried up. So there was definitely a journey to, towards exiting the airline in the next window of time, whether it's a six months or you know, 24 months time. But the mechanism that I had, uh, uh, you know, the way I planned to get out fell over at the same time the airline fell over. So that wasn't apparent. But I had a, a view to get out, to, to work a different way and, and to get alternative income. And that had started, but certainly... I wasn't in a strong financial position to just walk away from a salary now. Th- thanks for your honesty. I mean, I think it's a, it's a tough, tough... <laughs> honest money. Yeah, it's honest money. <laughs> honest money. Yeah. So, so, Alex, we, I think we need to wrap up, but, but I, I always ask this question of our guests is, you know, what, what would be the one thing, uh, knowing where you are in the world today and what you know now, what would be the one thing that you would say to the, you know, 19 or 21-year-old Alex uh, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of, uh, key piece of advice? Uh, I think just start. If you've got an idea, just start. Fix it as you go. I think we spend too much time, and you know, I speak for myself, but, but I think this is applicable to a lot of people. We spend a lot of time trying to understand how it could be perfect. An example of if, you, if you've got an idea of a business or some kind of a venture, um, 
you, you think about, well, what, can I, what mechanism can I use? Is this a CC? Is this a, a company? Is this a sole proprietor? So you spend energy thinking about what business structure is this? Then you think and spend energy on, well, what, where, what, what should I call the business? And then you're trying to register a domain name and a brand and an icon. Meanwhile, the customer has been knocking at your door for the last 10 days and you're busy wandering around a business structure and you're losing that sale and you're losing the next sale and, and you don't recognize that you're losing sales. If you'd gone for the guy's knocking at the door, answer him, course correct, answer him, course correct, and keep going with, your, with your, the, the sort of momentum you're building with your customers, you will then, you know, three, mo- three weeks, three, we- three months down the line, you'll figure out the name that you'd thought of in the beginning wasn't appropriate anyway because you've pivoted along the way. The website you've registered is no longer applicable and, and the business structure that you thought was good doesn't serve the purpose. So you'll, not only do you waste energy doing those kind of things, but also, at the same time, you're missing customers and you're losing the momentum of, of the, the business gaining momentum too. So just start course correct along the way. And I think it's, you know, if I could add anything to that, and I, I think it's hard to do that. You know, the one thing I'd say is, you know, Mike Tyson, he's a philosophy genius. You know, and he says, you know, everyone's got a plan until they get hit. Uh, and, and I think yeah. the success, you know, often is just getting up and just, just you know, not bouncing, but just get up, put your foot forward uh, and, and take the next step and, and carry on going and don't lose hope. And, I, and for me, that's what I take from you, Alex, is that, you know, this, I mean, a lot of people would have crumbled uh, under, under the kind of course that, that, that you've been through in the last couple of years and, and you bounce and I'm, I'm pretty sure you thrive. Uh, and, and I really hope we, uh, you know, you know we'll, we'll, you'll still want to talk to us in a year's time if we could check in and see how it's gone. Uh, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're not sitting uh, on, on the global stage uh, with billions of views and, and not, not uh, millions. Uh, and, and just wanted to say thanks so much for joining and, and we really do wish you all the best. Thanks, Warren. Thanks for your time. And we'd love to check in in a year. We could have a, an honest money conversation about how things panned out. Hey, real quick, it's Alex once again. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review and a five-star rating. Also, remember to subscribe and share this content with others. All these tips and tricks help us to create a better show. Better reviews, better ratings help us get better promotion and helps us get better guests. So thank you.